This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, everybody, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, another week, another... Uh, it, I apologize, didn't get a show out on Sunday there. Things have been a little little strange here, but uh, we'll be rolling at this point. Um, so we're going to start kind of the way we normally do uh, on these shows once we're in season, which is looking at playoff odds. Uh, now, from what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like Dom Lashushin's doing the same points projections he normally was doing before, and I'm, I'm kind of playing around for a bit now. Right now, we're looking at Money Puck. Blue Jackets, I mean, nobody gave him a great chance of going to the playoff gang of this season, so they're no shock that they still don't have high odds on that. Uh, only showing an 8.5% chance as far as Money Puck is concerned. Um, oddly, Money Puck has them at this uh, kind of in that middle spot there where they're an 8.5% chance to make the playoffs and a 7.5% chance for the number one overall pick. So um, I- interesting kind of middle ground there for the Blue Jackets to be in right now. Uh, but hey, we've got actual hockey to talk about, which is nice. Uh, instead of just kind of speculating and and guessing at what's going to happen there. So the Blue Jackets, since we've talked last, they've had their season opener, they had their home opener, um, and we've had enough time for everybody to feel awful about this team in three and four games, and then we had last night where everybody, I think, felt great about this team, at least for one night. Um, we're, the stats we're discussing here are going to be coming off natural stat trick, and these are all adjusted for score and venue, five on five. So the first three games of the season were pretty bad um against the hurricanes uh, when you're looking at things like possession metrics at five on five the blue jackets only had 37 percent of the Corsi uh when it came to expected goals for which i think is more of my stat i like more at this point their expected goals for were 46.22 percent um it was a game that game was frustrating in that at times it felt like they were in it uh it looked like they had had chances all kind of maybe not all the way through but pretty consistently um to do different things when you look at it broken down by by period um it's something where the first two periods the blue jackets it was a it was a it was a breakup like first period canes on on the the possession metric as far as um Corsi four was 58% to 41%. And then second period, 54 to 45. And then the third period, the bottom fell out hurricane 73%. But this is where I think this is where the story gets interesting for the blue jackets that expected goals for metric that I like. In the first period against the hurricanes, the blue jackets actually had 65% of the expected goals for, and the rest of the game by the second period, it was 48% third period, 35%. They, the bottom dropped off. And there was one very specific event that we have to talk about that happened in that first game. And that is Patrick Line and him getting hurt. That was awful. That was a terrible moment uh, for more than a couple of reasons. I mean, obviously he'd already scored a goal, but coming into this season, there was all this talk that Patrick Line is in the best shape he's ever been, which they always say, and that's fine. I mean, that's you want pe- people are going to be uh, optimistic coming into seasons. They should be. That's good. Here's the thing. Actually seeing him out there on the ice, he looked better than he had at any time. Like they, it looked like for one period we were getting because there there have been flashes of brilliance from Patrick Line 
in in the seasons uh in, in the la- in the last time we've had him um but it looked like we were just getting that constantly like every shift he was he was good he was a force i mean something that people have have come out and and talked about as far as patrick line is oh well his underlying metrics aren't all that good um and to an extent they're right but then this season uh, in that in that one period and again it's just a period and, and a few minutes of the second which is really what's annoying total ice time at five on five only seven minutes and 49 seconds but when he was on the ice the blue jackets had an 82 percent shot share or yeah of course he four his expected goals four percentage was 93.84 percent he looked unstoppable now was he going to keep up that up the whole game no he wasn't it wasn't going to happen the whole game but having a player like that changes the tone of the game now what i think might be happening is you've got two things going on you've got patrick line saying hey this team wants to win i want to win but you've also had a situation where all of a sudden teams couldn't tee up on patrick line as their number one person to worry about because when he's this is where, in my mind, in a perfect world, I want Goudreau and Line on different lines because then you have two guys who can potentially drive play. But Line may not be that player. Line may be best served as that second, as essentially having, you know, an incredible, you know, incredible left hook for someone who's got a strong right hand. If you're talking about like a boxing analogy here. Line, when he's on the ice, if the teams have to worry about Goudreau, which we've seen multiple times why teams have to worry about Goudreau, if Line's then on the ice, how much more room does Patrick Line have? And that's a guy that you can't just ignore. And that's what I think part of made that game so frustrating is because once Line left the game, you really saw the, the, the tone and everything change. Then there was a lightning game, which was just hard to watch beginning then. Um, I mean, at times the Blue Jackets kind of looked into it, but not really. Uh, I mean, they were just beat. Shot share t- only twenty four percent. Expected goals for only twenty percent of the expected goals for were for the Blue Jackets. So I mean, that's that's rough. And 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 for those of you who haven't been listening to the show before, when I say expected goals for, what we're talking about here, um, essentially the 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 smart boys with the computer models, the the computer boys as they've been termed over years. Uh, what they have is they have essentially when a player takes a shot from a certain spot on the ice because they see how often that turns into a goal. Like, let's say you have just an incredibly high chance shot and 50% of the time that shot scores a goal. That gives it an expected goal of 0.5. And so what the what what these computer models do is they will add up what everyone has over the course of a game and they'll say, okay, this team had this many expected goals. This many team had this many expected goals. And because you're talking about percentages, the numbers are not full numbers. Like against the Lightning, the Lightning had at five on five, three point one three expected goals for, and the Jackets only had 0.8. Now that doesn't always mean that's how things are going to work out because obviously there's times where a guy will shoot something and it's the most ridiculous shot in the world. You know, you shoot it from behind the blue line. And it goes in. So your expected goal would probably be 0.1 on it. But when the real goal then becomes one, that can make a game look different. So there will be times when we talk about expected goals for where a team might even win by one or two or three goals and the expected goals for are not in their favor. Anyway, uh, Blue Jacks looked awful against the Lightning. Just I didn't have it. The Blues, the Blues game was a little different, but even then still not different enough. Um, they just looked 
lethargic at big times for, for huge amounts of time and just not there. Now it was different than the lightning game because like the, the second period, the jackets looks good in that one. Uh, that was the one period of that game where no, no, their expected goals for still weren't there, but it was, they were, they were closer. Like in the lightning game, they were just getting blown away. The lightning were carrying play the whole time. The blues game, they were closer. The Blue Jackets were closer. And this is where then we started hearing uh, some some different stories out there saying the Blue Jackets, uh, apparently, oh, there was a new defensive system in ball, put in, in the offseason, and this is why guys are struggling and stuff. And I don't know how true that is. I mean, I, obviously, I mean, if they put in a new system, they put in a new system. That part I'm not denying. It's just, I mean that the idea is that's what training camp is for. I mean, you know, the I'm sure other teams have put in new systems. Is that way they're struggling? What's going on here? And and I think what happened in those in the in that period of time between the third game and the fourth game is that that's when we started hearing discussions about, you know, is it time to to look for a new coach other than Larson? Because things just weren't working well. Uh, I mean, you know, if the system isn't fitting the talent or the talent isn't picking up on the system. You know, what, what, what was the planning here? Now, there's another side of this. Um, if you want to be the, the glass hot full kind of guy, which is, okay, the Blue Jackets did the home opener for the Hurricanes on the road. One of the teams that's expected to win the Cup came back, played a team that has gone to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row in the Lightning uh, as, a, as a home game. Um, it was their home opener still, but they, I mean, they got blown out of the building and then had to do an, a back-to-back traveling against a team who had not played a game yet. So who was all lamped up and totally rested in the blues. So, I mean, if you're wanting to be the positive side of things, that's the difference there. You could say, you could look at that and say the schedule was set up for the blue jackets to go in three, or at least at the best one and two, if they'd squeezed out one of those games, um, so there's a big difference there. Um, I mean, you you could look at it one way or the other. You could say, yeah, this has been a a you know a great run. You know, you could look at it and and essentially try and give a positive reason why the team's looking bad, or you could you could be full on negative. I, I think there's probably some mix in there. Um, the the back to backs aren't aren't great that early in the season. Playing against a team that's totally rested when you're now on your third game in four nights. I mean, there's obviously some things there that are kind of odd and strange. Um, and it it's it's rough. Um, and then obviously you lose line A, which is a huge part of it. Then we get to Tuesday night. Blue Jackets play the Canucks. First period happens. Things are not looking good. Uh, things just did not look good in that first period. Um, there were... I mean, there were some, some moments in it. Um, but then, yeah, first period... Uh, Canucks carried the play, had 58% of the goals for expected goals for. Um, although the Blue Jackets did carry the shot share. Um, and that was something where throughout the game, the Blue Jackets kind of con- it, it's funny how consistent the numbers were. First period, the Blue Jackets had the Corsi 4 of 51, and then 53.13, and then 53.33 in the second and third periods. But where things went crazy was the expected goals for uh between the clubs. In the second period, the Blue Jackets, 84% of the expected goals for. Now only one and a half, about 1.4 to 0.26. But again, they minimized all chances the Canucks had. They had no chances. And then there was the the bouncing goal uh, that was scored there, which you want those. And that's the kind of thing that happens. When you get high expected goals for, again, for those who aren't familiar with how I talk about uh, advanced stats and why I do it, 
the reason things like shot share matter and the reason things like expected goals for matter is it's a good indicator of, okay, our team is playing well. They're putting themselves in chances to score. Uh, they're getting a lot of shots on net and those, and, and the, the high expected goals for numbers mean they're putting in better chances than the other team. And so when you have more chances than the other team, that means you're also going to get more of just those dumb goals where a goal goes off a skate, a goal goes off a guy's hip, a goal just kind of flutters in somehow. Uh, that was one of the things that, you know, you, you, you want, you want, you see your team scoring those, um, not the dumb luck ones. I mean, you know, you always want to see your team score, but if your team's been suffering all night and your guy just gets it past, you know, red, the, the mid, the, 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 the center ice line and just chucks it down the ice. And cause he's tired and has to get off. And by some miracle it goes in. Well, that's nice. Cause you scored a goal, but if your team is not generating a lot of shot share, there's not a lot to show that that's going to keep happening. So they look good last night. Um, uh, we get the uh, 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 the second goal there. I, I time my mind that is completely skipping my mind. Who got us the second goal? Um, Danforth was the first. Wierenski was the second. Yeah, right at the uh, was it? I think it was either during the power play or right at the end. No, it was after right after the power play. Um, Wierenski does his thing where he's taking, you know, running into the ice when he when he's you know, activating as a defenseman is the term they like to use now scores a shot, sees the, sees the goaltender having to deal with all the chaos and scores. And then in the third, Johnny Goudreau scores just a beautiful goal. It is one of those goals that when he scores it, uh, go look up the highlight on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, although if you're listening to a blue jackets podcast, odds are you are listening to the, <laughs> you're watching blue jackets games. Uh, beautiful goal. The exact kind of goal. That is what you want to see out of a out of, out of Johnny Goudreau when you sign a big free agent like that. Picks up speed, goes right around the back of the net, and 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 swipes it in as a as a wraparound goal. It was incredible. Um, great seeing a player with that kind of speed. Then in overtime, uh, the Blue Jackets do. The Blue Jackets really kind of dominated overtime. They, now the thing about overtime that gets scary is. You you never know. I mean, because it's just since it's just whatever goal goes in first wins. You you can be dominating and then just oh there, there goes a goal and it's done. But they really did. I mean, what was kind of surprising was when they had that three on zero and somehow didn't score. It was one of those things from the back of my head. I was like, oh, we had a three on zero and didn't make it. That's that's not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. So not what I would, uh, I thought they were going to lose at that point, but then they had to break away with, uh, Chinikov and Gavrikov. And when they scored that, it was amazing. So happy. So happy to finally get a win. Um, at this point for the blue jackets, the schedule gets a little better, um, on what we're looking for. Let me see here. We got Thursday. Uh, we've got Nashville Saturday. We have the penguins, uh, who the penguins are always, always good so who knows what'll happen there um and then sunday we go to the rangers so no i i lied with the schedule doesn't get a whole lot easier other than the predators um but you get pittsburgh you get the rangers then you get the coyotes um coyote bruins bent back to hard so we're we'll see how things go from there um then the devils sunday the 30th then we have almost a whole week of no hockey uh, for the jackets, four straight days, but that's because they're going over in the beginning of November. They'll be doing the games in um, in Finland, which those are both against the Avalanche. So heaven help us there. And then we have another four days off, which makes sense. I mean, they, it, it's the side effect of of having those kind of travel games. Um, you just can't jump right back into it at that point, which makes sense to me. 
Uh, something that's been getting a little bit of discussion early is how good are our goalies playing. And so far, the goalies are not helping this team. Um, I'm pulling these numbers from from Money Puck, and the number I'm really looking at is goal save above expected. Now, this goes back to where we talk about expected goals. You know, a goal that goes in 50% of the time is a 0.5. Um, now, how that works with this goal save above expected number. Well, the the situation is, if a if say a uh, say a shot is an expected 0.5, if the goalie saves it, then um, he would have essentially the way it would work is say say at the end of a game, uh, there have been an expected goals of 2.5, and the goalie let in two. That means the goalie is saved 0.5 above expected. But let's say the expected goals is three and the goalie's led in five. Now he's at a negative two. Well, in the four games they've played, Daniel Tarasov, he has had a total of expected goals against him, 7.47. He's led in nine. Elvis Merz-Lincolns has had an expected goals against a 5.04. So the Blue Jacks have been doing a better job playing defense in front of Elvis. Danil is at a negative 1.5 goal save above expected. Since he's led in nine, Elvis is at an eight goals against. Uh, so negative three, um, which isn't good. Now, as uh, as we're watching this, because this is a cumulative stat over the uh, over the course of the season, it's the kind of thing where we want, you know, if, if for the rest of the season, Elvis can stay at, you know, negative three or climb a little bit and Danil can get to climb a little bit. Technically, what you want is you want guys getting in the positive because when they're in a positive, that's when your goalie's bailing you out. Um, and, and these numbers we'll look at it more throughout the season. We'll probably start getting more into the averages as the season goes on and we're more than just a few games, but the goalies do need to be better. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is you want the goalie to at least be at a zero. And the, the truth is there's not, I mean, you know, when you look around the league at who's having a, a great season so far, um, like Jake Ock- Ottinger in Dallas, he's played three games. He's at 4.8, uh, saved above expected. Uh, Carter Hart in Philadelphia is at a 3.9. I mean, at a minimum, what you want is to be at that zero number. Like the 31st highest goalie in the league is Yaroslav Halak. He's played one game for the Rangers. He's at a 0.3. Aiden Hill for the Vegas Golden Knights is at a 0.4. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Eric Calgren, Calgren 0.2, negative 0.2. So, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, Jordan Biddington at a St. Louis, he's 34th, negative 0.3. You at a minimum you want those guys getting you to getting the zeros in games, and the reason for that is, you know, then then it's up to your your five on the ice to win games for you. If the goalie is not making things harder, then at, at a minimum that's what you want things to happen. You want him to save you some, but that that doesn't happen at this point. All right, guys, here we go. Um, the NHL season we're back in full swing, uh, and hey, it it's time. Uh, you need to you if if you're looking to make the games a little more interesting. If you're looking to have some maybe put a little bit of money on some things. I know this isn't up in Ohio yet, but it is in other states, and I think we have some listeners outside. And hey, at the end of, at the beginning of the year, I believe this is launching in Ohio. Hey, I did not know this. Apparently, there's going to be sports book in Nationwide Arena. Uh, saw that as a headline or not a headline. Saw it as um apparently an update that's coming. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But. If you're going to sign up for one, uh, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, it is the, uh, the the our partner here at the, the Hockey Podcast Network. 
Um, and now new customers, you can bet $5 on a team and get $200 in free bets. Now, the bet I was looking at right now, Blue Jackets, tomorrow night's game uh, against the Predators, or maybe tonight's game, depending on when you're listening to this. The odds, the Predators are a plus 190 uh, to win. Blue Jackets, negative 225. Now, if you're not familiar with how this works, because I'm not really either, because I'm not a big gambling dude, uh, but I can see why people like it. It's, it can be fun there. Um, so the Predators are plus 190. That means if you put down... Uh, hundred bucks on the Predators to win, you'd win hundred ninety dollars. The Blue Jackets at negative two twenty five means you'd have to put down two hundred and twenty five dollars on the Blue Jackets to win hundred. So that means the Blue Jackets are the favorites as far as as far as DraftKings is considered for tomorrow night. Uh, the over under is six point five. Um, you know what? At this point, if I were going to do it, I'd go. I'd go ah six. Yeah, uh, let's play it. I mean, the Blue Jackets. I, I'm kind of, you know, it'd be fun. Um, I'm going to that game tomorrow night, so that'll be a good time. Uh, the first game, the Jackets, there were only five total goals scored. Total goals scored. Bleh. Hurricanes four, Blood Jackets one. Uh, since then, though, every Jackets game has had seven goals. So, hey, sounds like fun. Um, so go for it there. So this is what you need to do. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $500 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets. Uh, if they do, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, folks. Uh, some a, a good story today. Uh, Portsline tweeted this out just, uh, yeah, I think it was just earlier today. Yeah, just a little bit ago from when I've been doing the show here. Um, sorry, technical problem there. Had to get that fixed. So, uh, Portsline tweeted this out. Patrick Line took shots took shots on his own in the practice ring for a second straight day. Said his sprained elbow feels better than I thought it would. He's now optimistic he'll play when Blue Jackets take part in NHL Global Series with two games in Finland early next month. That could be cool. First of all, yay Patrick Line coming back. Yay him getting to play in his home country. Uh, what I would love to see oh, that'd be so cool because if the Blue Jackets can tread water until we get Line back, we can get to 500 and stay there. We can just not get blown out uh, of the water. If you can take one of those two against Colorado and look good doing it, you could kind of establish, yeah, this team's here to play this season. That would be awesome. That would be fun. I would really like to see that happen. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it'd be interesting. I would like to see that that be a uh, be a thing that we've got going on. All right, couple more story, a couple more stories here today. Um, uh, teams look like the, it looks like the salary cap may be going up sooner than expected. Uh, Bettman uh, had a, a conversation uh, with owners and governors Tuesday uh, during a four-hour meeting in Manhattan Hotel. There's a possibility the league salary cap for next season could jump up more than $4 million if revenues hit a certain target and the pandemic escrow def- deficit is fully paid back by players. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware of how what, it, what went down when the pandemic happened, when they had to shut down all these things, the players were still paid. Um, the game still happened, but people weren't paying tickets. People weren't, you know, people weren't buying popcorns and beers and all that good stuff. So what happens? The owners went to the players and said, okay, guys, we've got a couple of things we can do. We can either 
substantially cut what you're getting paid this year and we can take escrow crazy. Escrow is essentially where the owners can hold back a certain portion of the players' salaries so that the owners, so that they can substantiate that the players are getting paid 50% and the owners get 50%. Uh, the players said, nope, we don't want to do that. We want our money, which I, you know, all more power to them. And the response with the new collective bargaining agreement was, okay, that's fine, but we are going to then artificially keep the salary cap lower for the next few years because that way it's paying back the money that was lost from this essentially lost half season and playoffs. So if you remember, it was what March when things shut down. So, I mean, I guess it was only about six weeks, but then you also lost the playoff revenues, which are huge for teams, huge for play, huge for teams getting that playoff revenue. Cause it's a, every game sold out and you sell tons of stuff. Uh, but if we're already going to be back to that now, it's still possible that that may not happen, in which case the cap just goes up by $1 million again. But if we go back up by four, the jackets, um, it's one of those things where to this day, I, there's part of me that's still kind of frustrated about how free agency played out. Obviously I'm very happy about having, uh, Having Johnny Goudreau, um, right now the Blue Jackets are actually saving some money on the cap because we've got Patrick Laine on injured reserve. Now it's not long-term injured reserve, but it does, I think, provide us with some cap clearance. So right now our projected cap space is a little more than $2 million. But, um, I mean, where this is going to be useful for the Blue Jackets? So going in the next season, Gustav Nyquist is coming off. I don't expect him to get re-signed. That's frees up $5 million. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov is a UFA, so we've got to do a new deal with him. I think the team's interested in it. I just don't know how much he's going to want, but we're going to have that Nyquist money to pay out. Uh, Igor Chinikov is going to be due a, an RFA deal. Um, so he'll probably get, I, I don't know what he'll get exactly, but it'll be, you know, he'll, he'll get, he'll get a, a raise on that. Um, Jonas is probably leaving the team at that point, at which point I expect Daniel Tarasov to be the full-time backup. Um, but I mean, this could be helpful for the blue jackets. They, they are going to need a boost, but going back to where I was kind of frustrated by free agency. So, if you guys have watched the videos and seen how free agency played out, two different things happened. The Blue Jackets in the morning signed Eric Branson to his four-year, four-year, $4 million deal. Ugh. Eric Branson being the second highest paid defenseman on this team is so annoying because he's just not been great. Um, oh, how did I how did I miss not talking about Nick Blankenberg? Nick Blankenberg was obviously incredible against the, uh, the Canucks. That boy just needs to stay. Keep him on the roster at this point. Other than like Wierenski or Gavrikov, nobody should be coming out of the off the lineup for Blankenberg. Blankenberg should be staying on the lineup for anybody. Uh, that's my thought on that anyway. Okay, so the morning of free agency, the Blue Jackets signed Eric Branson to the four by four. Then it was early afternoon that they get the call that Johnny Goudreau might be interested in going there. Now, here's the thing: I do not, I do not. In any way, you think the Blue Jackets should not have signed Goudreau. You, when you get a player like that, you get a player like that. In the games I've been watching, multiple times I've seen him do things, and I've thought to myself, "This is this is what we had in Panarin. This is this is. I mean, it's it. You know, that kind of highly skilled player that can take your team to another level. So obviously, you were going to sign Johnny Goudreau. But I think if management had known Goudreau was coming. I don't think they signed the Gabranson contract because that caused us to lose a player like Alfred Bjorkstrand, which I hate because he's doing so well in Seattle. And I'm glad he's doing well in Seattle. I like Alfred Bjorkstrand. I just, man, how much this team really right now, when, when line is down 
could have used an Oliver Bjorkstrand would be, I mean, it, am I saying there would be another win there? It's possible that game against St. Louis could have looked very different uh, with a lot of Bjorkstrand in the lineup. Um, that's my thought on it anyway. So uh, last bit of news I want to touch on. So uh looks like the blue jackets um, reverse retro is leaked. And I like it. I did not think I would when I saw the the uh, the uh, the leak the the video the the there was a drawing mock up of it and there was a big difference, which is in the drawing mac mock up. There's this red piping. If you haven't seen it yet, essentially it's the kind of a remake of the 2003 alternates, where it was black on the shoulders and down the lot down the arms, and then blue in the middle with the with the what is now the standard logo and the three stars and the stripes. What they're doing now is they're kind of inversing that where the middle is going to be black and then the shoulders and down the arms is going to be blue. Um, in the drawing mock-ups that I was seeing, there was a red piping around that blue that was on the shoulders. That's not there. It's just there's going to be a line of black and then a line of white and then all the black. And I I think I like it. Um, so, hey, it's it's cool. I'm happy about it. So, anyway, folks, um, thank you very much for listening. Um uh, Blue Jackets play. Uh, who we got? Who we got before we're going to be talking again? We got the Predators, which I'm feeling good about. The Penguins, which I hate, and I if we lose to them, I always hate it. It makes me feel sick, but it happens sometimes. Uh, and then uh, next Sunday, the Rangers, which I really want to beat the Rangers. I don't think they will. The Rangers are quite good, but we'll see what happens. Again, it's hockey. Thank you all very much for listening, and go Jackets! Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.